Welcome to Takeaways, Life Lessons Learned. I'm your host, Hayam Mizrahi, recording from MDL Group. Recognized market leaders in commercial real estate brokerage and property management in Las Vegas, Nevada. Join me as I explore my takeaways from the people who have influenced me the most. Let's get started. We are on site at the NAOP June program. NAOP is the Association for the Commercial Real Estate Development Community. I am here as usual with Sean Donosky, CEO of DC Building Group and current NAOP chapter president. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Hiam. So it's like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes past the breakfast. There's still a bunch of people standing around. They could probably hear them talking here through the microphones. It was a... it was a big one. It was. It was a great attendance. I ended up with eight full pages of notes. So I, I have, think we got lots to talk about. I have several, too. A lot of things I didn't know I learned today. So we'll share our takeaways from this program. The title for the program was So Much Going On, How to Keep Track. The moderator was Donnie Perak with Vaultus Capital. On the panel were Gina Gavin, Chief Innovation Officer with the City of North Las Vegas, Bill Arendt, Director of Economic and Urban Development with the City of Las Vegas, and Ken Chapa, Interim Director in the Office of Economic Development and Tourism for the City of Henderson. The event sponsor was SR Construction. We want to say a big thank you to Scott Larage. The room was set for 230 people, and I think all of them showed up today. I don't think there was... uh Hardly any empty seats. There were, yeah, and I saw a lot of faces that I don't typically see, so that, that was uh, that was cool. There were a few people that said they were here specifically to see this panel, and they were guests, and a few new members I expect to come specifically out specifically to see Gina Gavin. What a shot of energy she is, huh? Uh, she is. It's hard for the other guys to keep up with her, but they did. They did a good job, each with their own style. So how about Donnie as our moderator? I thought he opened it really nicely. He was uh, very good in his opening to capture a little personal elements from the from the panelists and I really really like how he set the tone for the morning he shared a quote when the music is playing you gotta dance and the music is certainly playing here in southern Nevada and that's what what they talked about so as usual to give some context he asked everyone to start at the beginning which was the great recession I, I found it interesting that that really is our starting point our basis for for measuring anything today it's you know what happened leading up to the recession and then what's happened since the recession so that's where they started. Bill's answer was interesting in that there was a big focus in his message on how they're engaging with the real estate community. He didn't so much give a lot of stats and, and whatnot in his opening sentence. It was really a, a reinforcement of the city of Las Vegas is doing everything possible to engage with the real estate community, brokers, developers, lenders, etc. I thought how he talked about their outreach was, was really informative. And the level of investing that the city is doing into projects, they're not just investing time and effort, they're actually investing dollars. Yeah, he said that um, they can be a direct investor or a direct partner in projects. They would assist in the capital stack of the project. Ah, NAP has an education program coming up called um, Learning the Capital Stack or something to that effect. I thought that was cool uh, listening to a uh, city official talk about a capital stack. Ken Chapa then jumped in with with a statistic uh, since 2013, there's been 35% growth in jobs in the city of Henderson. That was a nice uh, 
mile marker for us for everything he'd said. And then he said, there's a lot going on and there is a lot still to do, which they really opened up later in the program about um, what else. And there's a specific takeaway I'll share there. Yeah, I think there there was so much information for them to offer. We're probably going to jump around quite a bit in our takeaways uh, to try to cover everything. Yeah, there's a lot to cover. I don't think we'll do it here, but for the folks in the room, they, they certainly got a lot. So Gina, shot of energy. When Donnie asked her to, you know, set the guidepost of, you know, what what's happened since the recession, she, she said, NLV awesome. Hashtag NLV awesome. Did and you that, look that up to see if it's uh, really out there? No, but I bet it will be now. There's several uh, social media active NAOP members here who I'm sure are jumping on that. And then she went into more serious note to, to, you know, give a sense of where North Las Vegas was. In the recession, one out of every three homes was in foreclosure. And then in the last four and a half years, there have been 10 million square feet of industrial projects completed in North Las Vegas. Whoo, they've been busy. She also, we'll get to it, she talks about how much is online in the next three years to fill up. But I want to I step back to one thing that uh, we spoke about from stage for two of our members, that there was this fire Monday of this week, I believe it was. Yes. Office building burned completely to the ground, and longtime members and volunteers at NAP, uh, Dan Tutlin and John Restrepo, lost everything in their offices. And it may seem like they're flexible, they can just go find a new office space, but if we think about their entire career of memorabilia, their awards, their certificates, their just their history of their career is gone. So there's it, no insurance coverage for that. No, I mean monetarily, but not for the soul. Yeah, you can't you can't uh, replace all of those uh, personal items. I know there are offers out to them for office space. People are offering to give them office space just to work until they land on their feet, and I think that proves the value of the NAOP network. Well said, Sean. Jumping back into the next part of the program, Donnie asked all the panelists, so there's a lot going on. What are the drivers in your respective cities? And Gina's answer was not so much about, you know, what I would think how somebody would answer this, you know, flow of capital or job growth or whatnot. She said leadership. Back a signal back to Mayor John Lee and his leadership and his get it done attitude, trying to streamline the process. Uh, they created a self-certification program. I don't know if as a contractor you've participated in that. But uh, what they're really good at in North Las Vegas is they, they do have a staunch leadership where they say, this is where we're going and you're welcome to come with us. And if you don't want to go this way, then that's fine. But this is where we're going. One, one attribute that John Lee conveys, and I think Gina does it well as well, is you're welcome. You feel like you've walked into open arms and they are there to help. They're going to do whatever they can to promote the development of the Valley. Jumping over to Ken uh, Henderson, what are the drivers in Henderson? He focused in on Henderson's unique location in the Valley and its relation to Southern California, Phoenix, he even talked about New Mexico, I thought. Uh, uh, cool to see from his lens what, what he believes their drivers or their assets are. Well, and he talked about their high standards for their development, so it is the appropriate gateway from California to Las Vegas. People will see that part of the valley potentially first, and they want to set a high standard. There was, there was many comments today, which I found fascinating, about the importance of design. Gene also talked about people judge you by your downtown, and we don't think about North Las Vegas as having a downtown, although, although they do. And when people come to do business in North Las Vegas or Henderson or the city of Las Vegas, they judge them by the exterior design of the buildings, the, the feeling really. 
And that was mentioned more than once. Uh, when Ken brought it up, he talked about the massive development that was announced not long ago with Haas in uh, the West Henderson Airport area. And that in that area, they are, they are pushing a high design standard. And with the city of Las Vegas, there's, there are grants and funds available to reskin exteriors of buildings and also the interiors for offices. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that with Bill. I found that fascinating. Now let me jump to the left over here. You know, I'm on the NAOP Programs Committee, and we rack our brains month in, month out on what quality programs can we deliver to the 200 high-caliber professionals that choose to be here with us once a month. And w on the agenda is a design program. In talking about design, Ken specifically referred to Haas, and he mentioned it was an engineering and a robotics building facility that he says you won't know they're building robots in there. It's going to blend into the community. It's going to be presentable. It's yeah. going to enhance the look of the area. And I think, I think that's really cool. Each so of them all also talked about different components of creating open space, parks, community, walking, creating this sense of community yeah. within each area of the valley. Yeah, there was a lot of that going on. Uh, going over to Bill, uh, Donnie sort of uh, you know, teed it up a bit for him. What's driving projects in the city of Las Vegas? And he started with a hotel, the Circa Hotel, $1 billion price tag on that. He said Symphony Park is on fire. And he asked Bill why. And Bill led with his business development team within his office. The people are just getting out there. They're beating the bushes. They're, they're, they're cheering the city on. And, and they're, driving, uh, they're driving opportunity back. They talked about private money. So in addition to his team getting out there and bringing in business, the city itself, I found, I learned actually, is spending quite a, quite a bit of money on their own assets within their community. They talked about the need of convention space in downtown Las Vegas, where Cashman has been the, the facility, which is in dire need of an upgrade, and they're, they're working on that. They've got the Fremont Street Canopy that they're doing a renovation on. And uh, this was a, you heard it here at NAOP first moment, uh, the city itself leased 11,000 square feet in the Bank of America building downtown to stand up an innovation center. And they're, they're working with the who's who of global technology companies. He threw out names like Microsoft and Amazon, and there are several others. Um, and, and they are taking a, an aggressive investment approach to create the center, to drive businesses, to incubate businesses, to give them a place to, first of all, uh, land and get nurtured and then develop into bigger office users for their downtown area. Some of his key words were invest. Now, when I hear invest, I typically think, well, they're investing in infrastructure, their streets, roads, utilities. His level of investment or the city's level of investment is invest in the companies, actually be a partner, which was a very different perspective from a city or a state or a public agency. Bill talked a lot about we have to take care of our existing assets, and that includes those in, in private hands. And they have a grant program for office users to help bridge the deal between landlords and tenants and what they need and um, you know what tenants are asking for and what, what landlords need to deliver. So I think it's really forward thinking from the city of Las Vegas. He also talked about the companies they're bringing in to be smart city companies. I think of all the areas of town, they're probably battling with the most dense potentially dense population to where people may not have a car in the future i i find that difficult for the surrounding areas of the valley but they may be the first part of the valley to experience that 
and that's what they're planning for. Those are the companies they're bringing in. And on the smart city theme, Gina gave Bill a nod and said, you know, we're doing some of that, but nobody does it better than the city of Las Vegas. I, I like that they have a collaboration among them, even though they're in different municipalities. We all live in the same community. Donnie, being the finance guy, shifted a bit and asked about private financing. How are the cities involved? Do they get involved? Are there things uh, we need to know about as it relates to private financing for private projects? So the city of Las Vegas, this is where Bill talked about, we, went, we mentioned, they can be a direct partner or a direct investor. They have grants uh, that are currently being deployed for multifamily projects, for office projects. And, and again, this is where he emphasized that they, they know that they need to take care of their existing assets in order to attract new developments, uh, specifically in office. He talked a lot about new market tax credits. There was a question from the audience later about the... Um, what are the interest rates for something like that? And the, the short answer is about 3%. The longer answer is it's complicated. And if this is something that you're interested in, Bill and his team are a great place to start that conversation. He really has a command for it and how it fits into the capital stack. And they could take up to about 20%, he said, of the capital stack. I think he explained the new market tax credits different than most have heard it before, that you actually can get a loan. You pay about a 3% rate, interest only. And after seven years of compliance the loan goes away. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mike Schoet knows that because he does that kind of a thing, but I didn't know that. He said the sweet spot for these types of projects, which I thought was also cool that he knows and you know signals to this audience who, if anyone will take advantage of this, it's the developers in this, in this audience. About five to 20 million and light industrial is really good uh, candidate for, for those. And he mentioned investing around $10 million a year ongoing. Yep. So um, I, think, I think he took a very confusing topic or confusing mm -hmm. phrase that many people stay away from and made it a bit appealing. Yeah, he reduced it down to a way where I could wrap my head around and say, all right, it's either for me or, or it's not for me. And he, you know, we'll end with this on, on the new market tax credit. He said, this isn't just for the big noteworthy projects. This is for, that's why he said five to 20 million. This is for the bread and butter type projects too. As far as Henderson and how they get involved with private financing, uh, Ken pointed to uh, Cadence Master Plan Community, which I wouldn't think they need anything, but after hearing him talk about it, I mean, that really activated a part of the, the Henderson geography that bridges what I know as Henderson, which is kind of like, you know, Green Valley Parkway in 215 to, you know, he talked about unlocking the value of Boulder Highway a lot today. He, so. he kind of broke Henderson up into three areas, the Boulder Highway area, Water Street, which is filling up and getting reaching its capacity then he talked about uh south or west henderson mm -hmm. over by the new practice arena and then he actually kind of had a fourth which is south of there so mm -hmm. henderson has quite a bit of activity going on and you're correct when he mentioned next opportunity boulder highway i did not expect that yeah so he emphasized also that they have new market tax credits I, they talked a lot about opportunity zones today and then he used a word, a, a phrase, catalyst project. And a catalyst project, as an example, would be the Vegas Golden Knights practice facility going down in Water Street, uh, the Google data center that they're that they're building. You know, these are projects that if you get them, they are catalysts for other projects as well. So there's a ripple effect in the investment. And the Google project has been kind of low in the conversation, but I, so I was glad to have him bring that up and actually talk more about it because it's a, it's a pretty big deal for the area. And as far as North Las Vegas and their involvement with private capital, they have two areas of in influence. These are geographic areas, not in industry areas. 
uh, two areas of influence where they actually own a lot of land that they can uh, be creative with and and bringing in the kind of industries and users that that they're targeting. Um, they make about fifteen million. They have about fifteen million dollars of investments ongoing to make. And there are two projects currently that Gina spoke about, which is a library and a school that they purchased that they are, you know, here's why you call her the chief innovation officer. It's not a library for Gina. It's no. a learning center. It's a complex. It's a facility. It's an office building. It's a park. It, it's where they create a partnership around this development and they enhance the entire area. Yep. And we have our city officials talking like we talk where you can't just have a, you know, retail facility it has to be an experiential retail and that's what they're doing too with their facilities which i thought was good so boulder highway let's let's spend some time on boulder highway the darling of uh of ken's i don't want to say that because it's unfair but it seemed like it was the darling of ken's um discussion points today I, there was a lot that he talked about but this one was a new one that i wouldn't think about i grew up in green valley i don't think about boulder highway is really a vibrant and dynamic area but uh, now as a Summerlin resident, it's clear I need to take a drive over there and see what's going on because that is the one of the areas for the future for Henderson. Well, there's an incredible amount of traffic flow through Boulder Highway. It's an access point to different areas of the valley. And I mean, I've been driving that road since I was a little kid going to the lake all summer long. And now a new opportunity for development. I didn't expect that. You know, we... Um, I'll jump ahead a bit. In the, uh, the Q&A from the audience, somebody <laughs> asked the question of the panelists. You know, you're going to walk out of the, of the Orleans today from the NAOP program and say you stop at the Mega Bucks and, and you hit it. And now you have $10 million and you have to invest it in your city. Where would you invest it? And all, all Ken said was Boulder Highway. So that was a pretty big signal on, on what's coming there. He talked about, do you know much about this Haas engineering project? No, he shared more today than I knew about it before. So he said that they're likely to become one of the largest exporters in the state of Nevada. This came up a little, uh, maybe a month or two ago. Um, Henderson chose a developer for a big swath of land, and it was Haas, and there were some other developers that were in the mix there. Um, it, it, worth Googling, uh, worth reading up on. There's some articles about it. This could be pretty big. It's a, it's a big parcel. It went to one player, and what becomes of it now? I know that they have a vision, but this is something to, uh, to take a look at. Well, when you talked about being such a significant exporter, I, was, I think most of the crowd was surprised. I don't, I don't think that was expected. I, no. I, they're going to build robots, and they're going to ship them around the world. But to be, have, have that kind of impact to not only Henderson, Southern Nevada, but the entire state. Here's something also not expected. When uh, Bill from the city of Las Vegas was asked, what's next for you? He said, let me, ask, let me start with a question. Raise your hand if you do not own a car. And of the 230 people in the room, there were exactly zero hands that went up. And he talked about there are young people today that want to live in a community where they can just ditch their car. And there is not a community in, in Las Vegas right now that you can do that. So what's next for them is the scaling of downtown. They have a couple, if actually more than a couple, of multifamily projects currently going on right now. Tied to that is when do you get a grocery store, and it was clear that they are you know, turning over every rock available to them to get a grocery store downtown to create that residential community, the walkable community. You know, They have a lot of entertainment already there, so that's, that's good. He then talked about number two uh, for what's next is continuing to invest and investing more in the medical district. 
He talked about the priority that Mayor Goodman has set for attracting a sports team downtown. And he, again, talked about, oh, this was a big one, the northwest part of the valley. There are two major, well, one's a section, I don't know how big the other parcel is, that they are actively right now looking for a master developer for. So they've selected two local developers to master plan this entire section of property out north of Sky Canyon, which I believe is just currently abandoned desert. And they will have a a city planning meeting where those two plans are presented in the next 60 days. People will process and talk about them, and then they will select one to move forward. That is a game changer for that north area of US-95. Yeah, so this to me was, you know, the title of this program is So Much Going On, How Do You Keep Track? Uh, I got more out of these, this, you know, what's next section because we just think about, oh, my God, we're so busy. How deep is the activity now? Th- these folks on the panel are thinking about not just how deep is it now, but what's next over the next seven to ten years. And and this was something that, that Bill and his team are currently working on. You're right. They put out a private RFP. I like that they focused on local developers instead of going outside of the market. And he did say they narrowed it down to two, but they haven't picked yet, so he couldn't say, he couldn't tease who's uh, who they're picking. He did say it was going to be residential and commercial blend. It's the entire development. And it. I want to say he said it was 1,100 acres. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, we'd have to verify that, but yep. that, that's what my my notes say i guarantee you we're going to see an article about this because buck wargo was sitting in the front and they were talking afterwards trading emails uh he's looking for info so more in the what's next section uh ken talked about google going at warm springs in 95 uh then he said he's been in, you know in his previous life in other communities he knows what's about to happen you have this catalyst tech company which creates the backbone and right after that you get many little other tech companies that come and open. You know, the, the, the size of companies that have five to 100 employees. So that'll be, that'll be something to watch. Uh, Gina talked about, I didn't catch all the detail, but in South Apex, there's a fairly large user that's doing you know, fuse, fuel cell battery manufacturing. Yeah, she did talk about that. She also talked about um, out near the Spadeway, I believe it was north of Craig Road. She has two areas. One's called... Miners Mesa and one's called City View. And between both of those is 600 acres of real estate. And sh- her words were prime and ready now. That's 600 acres to build on. Hashtag prime and ready now. Hashtag NLV awesome. Hashtag go Gina. Thank you, Gina. Uh, and then just kind of wrapping this up in Henderson, this, the College of Southern Nevada got to go ahead to build a pretty massive facility. Uh, for workforce training. You can't go anywhere right now in any business community with any business dialogue without this topic of workforce solutions coming up. And it either comes up in the number one problem for companies today is attracting and retaining talent, or it comes up in there's a shortage of workforce and there's a massive need to train and retrain workers in certain industries. So the city of Henderson is out in front of that with a massive facility moving forward. Bill then teased up a couple things. Uh, Neonopolis, they'll announce here pretty soon some new users for that. Uh, he already talked about the convention center earlier. And what he, what he emphasized with the uh, innovation center is that they are in active dialogue with C-level companies, biggest tech companies. You know, they're really putting an effort into 
into that. He, he referenced how the city of Las Vegas went after the Amazon headquarters and acknowledged we're just not a mature enough city for that today. But that doesn't mean we can't go after smaller type companies and not the, you know, not swing for the fences with with every pursuit. As Bill finished talking about that, he also looped back into talking about what they're doing for the homeless. Yeah, he, he did talk. And I think it's important to share Good question people from the that audience. Yeah, people want to know about uh, they're doing what's called the courtyard. It's they're currently in planning. And, and he mentioned a wet shelter. Uh, I think that's more so they can come in and have full service. Like take a shower put as opposed to just sleep at night. I we would have to look that up. That was that's my interpretation. Mine uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're working specifically to, to do outreach to see what the community needs so they know what to put in this facility. And he also talked about a, a place that people can donate to to help support this facility. It's called the Mayor's Life Fund. So people that are interested in helping mm-hmm. support the courtyard can donate to that fund to help get the project moving forward. Yes. And, and, and help the homeless because I think the, the homeless community is, is, is absolutely – uh, it, it's in need. My family goes out every Tuesday and feeds the homeless down on G Street, and they run out of food. Our our group runs out of food every time they do it, whether it's winter, summer, spring, fall, a huge need. Wow. You know, this brings up something that Ken Chapa stated time and time again this morning. Uh, there are a few questions from the audience to the panelists. You know, what are you doing about X, or how do you manage Y? And Ken has this overarching message, which was was good. It's that, you know what, sometimes we don't do the best job articulating what we already have going on. We don't always do the best job explaining the business case for workforce. And then the specific example he gave with that is, you know, when the, the question from the audience was, when out-of-state companies are looking at Las Vegas, how do you overcome the workforce barrier, the workforce question? And Ken talked about uh, the importance of call centers in our community. We've talked, you know, it's been talked about, it's been written about. We're a great community for call centers. We have a 24-hour workforce. We have a highly skilled, um, highly trained workforce as it relates to hospitality and customer service. There's no accent here in Southern Nevada. All of those things uh, lead to this being an attractive place for call centers. And I learned this today from Ken. It's also an important entry job for people to come in to get good quality training to then move up into managerial positions. And just hearing him say that in plain English, kind of like Bill is able to articulate in plain English how to apply a a new market sales credit tax. I can't even say it. It's so complicated. Uh, That was really good. For me, that was really good this morning. I I think him saying, Ken saying that changed the perception of call centers. Because call centers typically, okay, they take up a bunch of space. They're low-paying jobs. They're a lot of turnover. Absolutely. To consider that as a stepping stone for a workforce to to get out of school, to do a call center, and then to step on the next level of your career. Because if you think about what it takes to be on the phone with strangers all day long, the communication skills that someone has to pick up through that I think is incredibly healthy. And they don't put you on the phone until they – most of them until they put you through rigorous training on once you're on the phone, what do you say and how do you handle yourself and objections and all the fun stuff I can I imagine that comes up in those conversations. I, I imagine there's a few salespeople that can come out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe for DC Building Group. <laughs> a consistent theme between Ken, Bill, and Gina was 
They were very available. They were open. Call them for help. They were open to the community. Use them. Help them help our customers or help people move to town. It was a very open door kind of invitation. Uh, step further, start with us. If you have a project, start at our office. Let us understand it. Let us help you understand and map out what your process is. This was specific to entitlements and permits. But yeah, very welcoming. They're, they're community members. You know, we've seen this time and again. We get, you know, people with big titles at, at official jobs and they come here, but they're community members just like we are. And that was apparent today. So the, the, the question that was asked at the end by the audience about where would you invest your $10 million? You know, we talked about Ken's answer was um, Boulder Highway in an opportunity zone. Gina's answer was in North Las Vegas' downtown, specifically around workforce. Bill's answer surprised me a bit in the vast area that is the city of Las Vegas. He said he would invest it in the arts district downtown and in an opportunity zone. Which can create a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it sure can. Not for today, though, Sean. I think we're done. Thanks for being here with me today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Takeaways podcast is about sharing and paying it forward. If you like this show, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and leave us a review. It really goes a long way. And if you really like the show, please share takeaways with a friend. Thank you and tune in next time.